Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Matters, your go-to source for the latest industry news and insights. We bring you up-to-date information on the real estate market and discuss the latest trends, technologies, and strategies to help you make informed decisions. And now, we invite you to join us as we explore the exciting world of commercial real estate. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Commercial Real Estate Matters. I'm your host, John Powell, with Phoenix Commercial Properties based in Raleigh, North Carolina. And today we're joined by a man who has probably trained more brokers in the commercial real estate industry than anyone else in the United States. For more than 40 years, Mike Lipsy has been providing training, consulting, and coaching services to brokers in the commercial real estate industry. Mike is the founder of the Lipsy Company, and they pride themselves in providing industry-leading best practices that will improve your efficiency and productivity, grow your company's market share, and allow you to achieve great financial success. The Lipsy Company has trained almost 1 million brokers over the years, and I can speak from experience that Mike's presentations are first class, and the extensive catalog of work they have online is simply incredible. Mike, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us today, and welcome to our Commercial Real Estate Matters podcast. Well, John, I appreciate the opportunity, and as I mentioned to you uh, before we got started, this is such a nice change for me, and I'm looking forward to it. As a matter of fact, I could tell you it put a lot of time and effort in this. I, I received your thoughtful questions so that I could prepare. So you ask the questions, and I'll try to give you a meaningful response. Mike, this is going to be fun, and again, we just look forward to, to spending some time with you this morning and, and going down a, a nice path based on your level of experience. There's so many things that I'd love to cover with you today, but let's start with your background. You are very active as a commercial broker and involved in property management. You're a CCIM, a CPM, which are two of the highest designations in our industry so why did you pivot to become an educator? Well, I never pivoted. When I first got in the business, and matter of fact, it's interesting you're asking me that question because I looked at your list of questions you were kind enough to send in advance. And I don't know how I would have responded to that had I not taken a look at the questions. I might have just given you some kind of who knows what. I'll tell you why I evolved into what we do now. When I first got into the business, I worked for a wonderful broker in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And it was my first job. And he had a beautiful classroom. And at that time, the way you recruited is you would offer free licensed law courses. And you could pick whoever you wanted to out of the licensed law course once they got their license and they'd come to work for you. So that was my broker's way of recruiting. And of course, almost all the real estate commissions around the country have have eliminated that possibility. But anyway, and this goes back, John, I'm thinking it goes back probably about 49, 50 years ago. So I said, Steve, you know, I'm licensed now and I'm not making much money. I would love to be doing some teaching. He says, I need you to teach every night, 7 to 10, and all day on Saturday. And I was single at the time, and I said, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and I think he paid me either 25 or $50 an hour. So I did it so I could eat. I did it as a survival tool while I was getting started. I wasn't even in the business two months, and I am training people how to get their real estate license. 
And it was so wacky way back when in Louisiana, where I got started, if you had your real estate license, you were then qualified to teach license law. <laughs> but what was crazy, what you could get your license if you passed the test, but you didn't have to take the course, with, but within 12 months of the time that you got your license. That's how far we've come in 50 years. So that's the reason I got the business. It was so I could pay my rent and buy gas and eat. And I started doing it, and I just loved it. It just was, it was probably one of the most enjoyable activities I could ever think about. So it was out of necessity that I started doing it. And so that, that was the beginning. But I'll, I'll tell you, it wasn't until this morning that I was thinking about your questions that I said, you know, why did I get started? It was out of necessity, but it was this real passion that just happened. And from that day forward, I've been doing it for a long time now, close to 50 years. Mike, that is an amazing, you never know how we get started on any journey in our life. But, but necessity is oftentimes a lead indicator that could, that could create greatness. Well, let me ask you, I know that you kind of pre-COVID, you traveled quite a bit. In fact, if I recall, you may have even mentioned that you traveled almost 200 days a year all over the United States pre-COVID. How did COVID affect your training sessions? Well, I did a program. I was working the West Coast, and I did a program for a national client March of 2020. And COVID had already started. As a matter of fact, a couple of days before, I was in San Jose, where, was, where one of the first COVID cases was announced. And, mm-hmm. But now I'm in Palm Springs, and I'm doing this national event for a wonderful client. And they're talking about COVID, and I'm washing my hands all the time. I then go to Dallas and do a two-day program, and I come home. I didn't go back to the airport for a year. Mm-hmm. As an aside, Lottie and I have been married, you know, 44, 45 years. It was fantastic. I've never spent that much time at home with Lottie, with a routine, as a matter of fact, we were talking about this last night. It was just really a wonderful time. I have no, how should I say this, no personal regrets about the experience we were forced into because it was just a wonderful time for Lottie and I to spend a lot of quality time. We pivoted immediately to webinars. It was so easy. We've been doing webinars before anyone even knew what a webinar was. We had this thing that we've had for 20 years called Lipsy TV, which was really, really nothing more than our webinar business. So we were doing webinars for our national accounts that had offices in Asia and in Europe. And the reason is they said, you know, Mike, we're paying you to train all of our folks in Canada, U.S., and sometimes Mexico. Could we include our, our associates that work for our company in Europe and in Asia? I said, sure. I said, we'll just do it by webinar, just the way we're doing it in the U.S. and Canada. So we've been doing that at least 15, 20 years. So mm-hmm. we just pivoted. So we called our clients that we had scheduled on-site training programs, and we said, listen, it's obvious you don't want me in your city, and I probably don't want to travel to your city. This is exactly. 2020. I said, let's just do it by webinar. And they said, we got to train our folks. Let's do it. And here's what's crazy. The business really for us in commercial real estate was pretty good in 2020 and 2021. No one can explain why, but it was good. And so it wasn't like, oh, Mike, our business has fallen off of a cliff. We can't do any training. That's not what happened. They said, come train them. They still need them because we just kind of need to reinvent ourselves. So that was the pivot we made. We pivoted from on-site 
and then I went back out on the road starting March of 2021. Okay. Matter of fact, your office was one of the first offices I think I got to in 2021. I was working in the Southeast, if I'm not mistaken. You're and right. I got to you. Yeah. So we were back out of the road 12 months later. Well, and it's amazing how we can be so thankful for technology because had this pandemic, if you will, happened 10 years ago or 20 years ago, it could have been a different reaction or a different result for many of us. We actually chose to invest in ourselves during the pandemic and we moved our office. And you're right. You were with us in March of 21 and we were so thankful that you were back on the road and you could come spend some time with us. Well, I know relationships are such a key to our success in commercial real estate that I bet your in-person training sessions are getting booked quickly. Are you seeing that most groups today are wanting to re-engage with that live interaction? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I say. For months now, when we go and do an on-site program, participants oftentimes say, I haven't seen my full group in quite some time, and mm -hmm. this has been a wonderful catalyst to get us back together again, mm -hmm. particularly as I go to the West Coast. Now, there's some areas that I went to, like Texas. They didn't miss a beat. They, I mean, we, we trained <laughs> almost nonstop on-site, you know. But California, they just weren't doing any on-site training. And when we went back on-site and they would get together, it was like a reunion. You could, they were joyous to see one another. I haven't seen you in 18 months. How have you been doing? And they said, Mike, we're so thrilled that, that you've been sort of the reason that we're getting back together again. So that has been really rewarding is to be maybe the catalyst for folks to finally get back together again in their conference room, their classroom with their associates who they haven't seen in quite some time. Well, Mike, I know you're excited to get back on the road. And, and again, we're excited to spend some time with you in a few weeks. As you mentioned, you were with us two years ago. And we're really looking forward to having you back in our office to spend time with our brokers at Phoenix Commercial Properties. Again, it's going to be a fun day. You've spent time training brokers in large shops and certainly in small shops. You've worked with the national brands as well as boutique firms like ours in Raleigh. Do you feel the same tactics and sales strategies hold true for both environments, or do you think the national shops tend to think differently than the smaller organizations when they are prospecting or even when they are attempting to close the transaction? All that question, and I've been thinking about it, here's the best response I can give you. The reception is, is based upon not so much the philosophy of the firm, mm -hmm. but of the makeup of the associates. Mm -hmm. of the brokers. And that's what I find is is more of a determinant of, of, of what we're delivering. It's what the individual associates want, regardless of whether they're in a boutique, a regional firm, or a national firm. Rarely is it management that sort of dictates, Mike, here. Now, they'll give me a general course you know, Mike, we want negotiating, we want closing techniques, we want presentations, we want financial literacy. But it typically is the gravitation that I get from the associates that really drives the curriculum and the way it's delivered yes. more than anything else. Yes. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Matter of well, fact, I've, I've said 
on many occasions, you got three comp- you got three nice. You know, I'm in a hotel, and you put 30, 40 associates in three different rooms, but you don't put name tags out, and you just send them in there, and might go in there and tell me which firm they're with. I don't, you know, I've been doing this a long time. Great brokers are great brokers in all mm-hmm. different environments, if that makes sense. And so I love that, that. That's that's been my experience is that they, 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 the organization is driven by the environment that is created for the associates. And I see some great environments for national firms, and I see some some environments that aren't so great at other national firms. Mm-hmm. So it really depends upon the environment of that particular office. Well, Mike, I second that thought. Uh, To me, the number one thing that we have going for us at Phoenix Commercial Properties is our culture. And I really believe that culture begins with the people that are there in the firm. And I'm sure other firms would say the same thing. So we like to say that everybody with Phoenix is an individual ingredient in our recipe for success. And so if we're adding the wrong ingredients, it adversely affects our recipe. And so we're really focused on making sure that we're the right environment for those brokers. And I'm saying this not because we're doing this podcast. When I was with you two years ago, I believe I made the observation with you and your associates, I can feel the wonderful culture that your organization, first of all, I've got beautiful offices, but in addition, I could just sense there was this wonderful esprit de corps that oftentimes you don't sense. And, and you really sense esprit de corps. No one tells you about it. I mean, when I go into an office, it's either you feel it or you don't. You know, it, 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 that, if that makes some kind of crazy sense. Either the vibe is there or it's not. Uh, you can't ask, do you all have a positive vibe here? <laughs> they, 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 no one needs to say anything. It's just you know that it's there. Well, Mike, thank you. We I'm so fortunate to be surrounded by amazing people every day that they do. They impact my life. and. Hopefully, I'm doing the same for them. Well, let me ask you, you've had a chance to work with hundreds of thousands of brokers in your career. What are some of the biggest challenges you've seen brokers face over the years, and how have you seen them overcome those challenges? Well, first, I find of the really great brokers or future great brokers, they're not much different than the great brokers of 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear these folks talking about age and Y and Z. and <laughs> For a great broker, they fall in no category. They are alphas. I mean, alphas are alphas regardless of age. And whether they're 21 or whether they're 61, you know, an alpha is an alpha, particularly as commercial real estate. And I, would, and I really actually thought, probably 20 years ago that the use of technology mm-hmm. was going to be the difference, you know, and how are you using your CRM? Mm-hmm. All those things are very important, sure. very, very important. But an alpha that's got great social skills is going to figure out how to get someone on their team mm-hmm. to use technology. <laughs> they might not ever use Salesforce or Argus, but they'll, They'll be so successful, they'll get it done, but they'll, because they just have these incredible social skills. And to, to this day, I get asked this all the time, what is one of the most important skill sets or capabilities that a great broker has? I said, it's their personality. 
Mm-hmm. It, it is their ability to sit down with someone, establish rapport, build momentum, and move to a closed transaction. And that is as true today as it was many years ago. Technology and social media and your database and all that kind of stuff is critically important. It's got to be done because today's clients are more demanding. So, you know, that's what I always look for is, is this a person that you'd want to hang out with? Agreed. You know, that, that is a, that's a good communicator and they're good on the phone. Agreed. And they have a very high threshold to embarrassment. They'll call anybody <laughs> at any time. You know, that's, those are the, the makings of a good broker. I tell brokers this all the time, but especially the, the, the big producers. I'm amazed at how much money y'all make each year with so little skill. And, 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 and they start laughing. And I said, you know, I'm serious. I said, you don't really know the difference between discount rate and cap rate, but you're making seven figures. And the reason is because you have such fabulous social skills. I will tell you, that is one of the things that, that we look for in our industry, even within other shops, when we're out touring property with people, is that you can tell the broker that sometimes is comfortable in their own skin, so to speak, and versus another broker that maybe is a little bit more of an introvert. And certainly the extroverts, I think, tend to land on their feet, and you see them succeed year over year. Well, Mike, let me ask you. And they're, and, and, and they're, and they're optimistic. And, yes. And they are... are and they and they are optimistic and they they're not whining about high interest rates and the change in loan to values it's the playing field that they're given today and they're going to score points on whatever field they're given if it's raining they're going to score points and if it's you follow the thing absolutely they're not they're not blaming anything on any outside factor they have control over how they're going to produce this year and that's, that's key. You know, it's just, you know, I'll find a way to get this deal done, irregardless of whatever you tell me about interest rates and loan to values and whatever the heck is going on. I love that. Well, let me ask you, Mike, as our industry has grown and matured, if there was one thing you could change, what would it be? Well, I... The use of a contact management system or a CRM. We installed our first CRM in spring of 82. And if you would have said, Mike, whatever it is now, it's now, what, 40 years later, that many brokers are still not committed to a CRM or contact management system, still working off of post-it notes and business cards with notes on the back and letters with notes on it. That would be one of the change because it's such a tremendous way to improve your productivity and, and to keep everything organized. So, right. I mean, that is one from a technology standpoint that, that I would like to have seen. Because you look at other industries, they've been committed to CRMs for decades. Agreed. And, and our business has been very, very slow to get that commitment. So that would be you know, one that I would like to see improving it. But the good news is, because we train on CRMs and we motivate people mm-hmm. to make the transition from Rolodexes to CRM. It'd be like shooting myself in the foot if everybody did it overnight because then I couldn't inspire them to get it done. <laughs> but but anyway, that would be one change we would certainly like to see. I think that's an excellent suggestion and we would agree. You've had a chance to train seasoned brokers like myself who have 30 years of experience as well as brokers who are newly licensed But let's fast forward into the year ahead, 2023, and we're hearing the word recession being mentioned 
and thrown around a lot more freely than certainly we have in the years past. You and I have been through multiple recessions, and obviously we survived, but how can brokers best prepare themselves for the pending storm? Well, there's, there's a couple ways to prepare. One is financial preparation, which is when they recognize there is the potential of a slowdown and they've been printing money for the last seven or eight years right. to make sure they deleverage, they stockpile cash, you know, they get rid of any unnecessary liabilities that they don't need. Yes. So that's just from a financial standpoint. I don't know in the last 48 years, 50 years, how many recessions I've been through, but it's not until you're through your fourth or fifth that when you see something coming, it's on the radar. You're saying, let me just start deleveraging right now. And there's a couple of things I don't need. I mean, for me, I like older cars. And so it was in 2008. I got rid of my two favorite cars. I had a 95 Range Rover County, which was one of the last ones shipped to this country. Oh. And I had the last HSC Range Rover 2002. Both had less than 20,000 miles on them, all right? Oh and I had goodness. them in a warehouse. First things to go. First, you know, <laughs> now I regret it now to fast forward. You know, I regret having done it because my, I have three sons. They said, Dad, wouldn't it be great if you still had that 95 County? I said, yeah, but I got rid of all the stuff I didn't need in 2008 because you just right. didn't know. Right. As a matter of fact, my middle son was working for Lehman Brothers at the time. Oh, my and goodness. Fortunately, he was in real, he was in real estate, so they, so they got rid of all the traders and brokers, but they didn't get rid of their real estate people because they had all these investments that they didn't want to unwind. And so he, was, he had a job at Lehman for at least another couple of years until 2010 before he went to Apollo. But, but for me... I didn't have that luxury. I had to get rid of everything. So right. that's my advice to brokers financially prepare, you know, you know, ha have that cushion, deleverage, get rid of the things that you really don't need. You can always buy something similar in the future when things improve. And then second, don't get sucked into the conversation, rise above it and keep doing your best, Absolutely. you know, keep selling, keep making calls. You know, right now it's interesting. I've seen a real drop off of marketing in the last four or five months, where there should be a dramatic increase in marketing. And and so the the, the one thing which is the head scratcher, the what that when you really put your you know, your foot down on the pedal is when things start to slow down. <laughs> but it's amazing how some firms get so defensive they don't realize this is really the time that you start marketing more emails, more sales calls more presentations because you've got to make up the slack through increased activity. So those are the two, kind of like the, the two areas that I would work on. Get financially prepared. Then once you've done that, get after it, you know, do what you got to do to just come in earlier, stay later, sell more, make more calls, do more. Mike, I love that response. And, and certainly my background is marketing. I think which sometimes sets me apart from some of the other brokers in the marketplace and at Phoenix, we do exactly that. We think it's time to not pull in our budgets. We're increasing our marketing budgets and increasing our marketing efforts because the return on your investment and the impact that you can make is significant. So I love what you just said. Well, well and one more thought. This is, one more thought. This is when you build market share. Absolutely. Right now, when, when your competitors are pulling back, 
what they're doing, they're opening the door for you to build share. I mean, you know, a year ago, 18 months ago, when interest rates were 3%, pretty hard to build market share. Today, a little bit easier. We agree with you. And that was one of the tacticals that we talked about is we want to increase our marketing efforts because we believe it's an opportunity for us as a boutique shop to even become more competitive. We've been so fortunate, but we always want to continue to make sure we're growing our platform. Well, as a follow-up, how can brokers best prepare their clients for the turbulent weather that most of us feel are going to, let's say it's going to hit us in the fall of 23? Well, I'm, I'm going to go dial it back a little bit. Especially our investment brokers, we were suggesting to them, you know, a year ago, those owners of investment properties that have, have asked for a broker opinion of value, convince them list and sell now. Now, that was a year, 18 months ago, because they are going to regret the decrease in value. So, don't feel reluctant to give your clients the forecast of what you think is ahead of us. You know, take for perfect example, an, you know, a user that says, I need office space. It says, well, I, I don't want to go long. I only want to go a couple of years. This is the time to get as much space as you possibly can Agreed. for as long with an option maybe to, to reduce or terminate or something. But I can tell you that it's going to improve. I don't know if it's 12 months from now or 24 months from now. Retail has improved much faster than we ever thought. Industrial hasn't missed a beat. You know, office right. is going to take some time. But if someone says they think they're really going to need, you know, a good bit of office space, this is when you want to, when you want to get it. You don't want to come back and try to get two or three years from now. So it's do not be afraid of the confidence that you have about where these cycles go. And advise your clients accordingly. And the advice, I begged capital markets brokers, if you've got a client that's thinking about selling, do not let them wait till, till late 2022 or 2023. The Fed has announced they're raising rates. We know what's going to happen. How many times right. do you have to see what's going to Cap rates are going to move against the seller. Right. And so the, and it, but people said, oh, but my, you know, I, I, that, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. Yeah, there absolutely is a guarantee. It's math. It is mathematical. Interest rates go up, so do cap rates. And when that happens, the value of the properties go down. And look what's happened. I mean, look, you've got sellers now that are, are looking at BOVs today compared to a year ago, and they can't believe what's happened to the value of their property. So we do know, of course, we're not sure where this cycle is going to end up. But, but, but my point is, if you're confident where it's going to go, advise your clients accordingly. You know, don't feel like, you know, you've got to be neutral and not give real counsel. You know, if you're experienced and you've been through these cycles and you know where they typically go and where they move, you know, give your clients, you know, advice accordingly. So, that you know, you might be wrong on occasion, but hopefully the majority of the times you were right, you gave your clients good counsel. So that would be my suggestion is don't be neutral and just list it for whatever today's value is. Give your clients counsel where you think it might be going. Mike, we agree that we transparency is one of our core values, and we always want to make sure that we're not telling the client what they want to hear. We're telling them the truth. We're telling them what we believe to be fact and what's on our heart. And some clients don't want to hear that, but if you're providing prudent counsel, 
you're really making sure that you're educating them based on your knowledge and your market and what you're seeing. So thank you for that. Mike, you're such a gifted trainer and educator and mentor, but how do you get fed? Who are the industry leaders and perhaps authors who inspire you and who provide you with fuel to keep going? Well, right now I'm reading, I don't know who the author is, a wonderful book about GE General Electric called Power Failure. And it starts off with Edison, but then he quickly moves into Jack Welsh, you know, probably by the time you're only 10% into the book. And I, it appears, though, the majority of the book is going to be about GE Capital and, and how Jack Welsh built the company and then, of course, how his successor came in and things didn't work out. So I'm always looking for some of the more recent books on business in general. And then my job always has been to try to convert or translate that to commercial real estate because there's really not that many great books on commercial real estate. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, most of them are academic, you know, and so years ago, Grass Camp, who was teaching at the University of Wisconsin, you know, that would have been one of the books, but it would have been, you know, more academic. You know, take, for example, I think one of the best books that you could possibly have in your library for negotiating is Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Wonderful Excellent book. book. Uh, but it's not real estate specific. It is about, you know, general negotiating and offer counter offers and, you know, and did never split the difference. You know, so that's what, what I've always done is trying to read what I thought were well-written books about business generally. And then how do I take those concepts and translate those for commercial real estate? You know, I get asked all the time, which book should I have in my library? And I said, well, how to win friends and influence people. I mean, Mm-hmm. You need to read that every two or three years. Mm-hmm. And, and and then Covey's, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you Excellent. know, should certainly be in your library. So there's some, there's some some true and, and, and books that have been around for decades and decades that, you know, just should be the, at least the beginning books of new brokers, that here are the basics that you should read on how to be socially acceptable and how to communicate to anyone at any time. And then the, when the new ones are being published and they're being published all the time, I try to get them and do my best translating them to commercial real estate. However, I'm also a huge reader of fiction. And the reason okay. fiction that's well-written enables you to wordsmith more effectively when you're on the phone and when you're yes. making presentations. Really, we're in the business of putting words together. And if we're able to wordsmith more effectively than another broker, we'll make more deals. But what happens is we deplete our words if we don't read, you know, or listen to podcasts. And so that's why I'm a big fan of, I want you to read the nonfiction, you know, the stuff that's related to business, but, but get some of those great authors who are wonderful writers and read their stuff too, because that'll freshen your words, which will make you more persuasive. So, you know, I want good balance between fiction and nonfiction, you know, to make sure you're you're not only improving your skill set, but you're also improving your ability to communicate more effectively. That is so well said. I, I do believe that we all have the same amount of time and how you spend your time is crucial to what comes out the other side in terms of growth and just success and feeding your mind is so crucial. 
Well, let's jump to your library of content. Tell our listeners a little bit about your library of training material. Our office has subscribed to it, and it's an incredible resource for our brokers. So I would love for you to share how did that get started and maybe even elaborate on the content. Well, it goes back to the first year I was in the business. My broker said, Mike, I've got these series of tapes by the, of a guy by the name of John Lumblow. John Lumblow from California. I might be mispronouncing his last name. And they were three-quarter inch tape. If you might recall, we went from three-quarter inch tape to half inch tape. But, you know, back way back when, 45, 50 years ago, training tapes were on three-quarter inch tape. And so I go in and watch those tapes and he taught, and it was mostly residential, but, you know, again, I was translating and, you know, how would that work in commercial? You know, how to present an offer, an offer, a counter offer, and how to make a sales call. And then I met this guy by the name of Steve Brown from Atlanta, Georgia. Now, when Steve trained, he wore nothing but a red suit and a red tie. And he had like 10 of these red suits made. And he had these tapes, but now they were on half-inch tape. And I watched them over and over and over and over again. And so, you know, I was watching anything. And then I fell in love with a company called Nightingale Conant. And Nightingale Conant was the biggest producer of audio tapes. Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins. And so... I called them one day and I said, I'm, I'm a trainer in commercial real estate. I'd like to do an audio program for you. And they said, well, we don't have anything specific on real estate. Come on up to Niles, Illinois, which is the suburb of Chicago. And we'll put you in the studio. And my producer was a woman by the name of Tony Boyle, who at the time was also Tony Robbins producer. And so I go in there and I do this audio program on commercial estate, how to buy, sell, and lease. And it sold pretty good. It was eight cassette, an hour each cassette, 30 minutes on each side. And they were cassette tapes. And people would call me and say, Mike, I listen to it all the time. And I lost tape seven. I left it in my (laughs) car in Phoenix in July. And I said, we'll replace it for you. And it really was fun going in the studio. And then sometimes I would partner with Jerry Anderson and Lee Arnold, who is here in, in Florida and, and different people. And I just love doing it. So, but I said, you know what, you know, we're, we're making a little money on audio tapes, but I bet you we'd make more on video, but I didn't have much of a budget. So I go to a local high school called Lyman high here in Orlando. And during the summer, they had a nice little video department. And I asked the instructor, would you video me and edit it? And he said, well, let me go to the principal. And the principal said, if I made a donation of like two, $3,000 to the school, <laughs> they'd let me have the, lo- the whole studio and everything for the summer. So I had these high school teachers who taught video, follow me all over the place, <laughs> videotaping my training program. <laughs> and then they went back to a pretty nice studio that they had at Lyman High School. And I wrote this check for two grand, which was my donation to the high school, which they gave to the video department. And that's how we got the video, which was on half inch. And that was, that was 35 years ago. Well, for years and years, maybe 10 years now, it just got to be too expensive to put it all on DVD, put it in the package, have to mail it. And so by 10 years ago, we started going to whatever you call it, MP4 files, MP5, whatever the heck it is. And you just download it, as you know, from our website now. And it's fantastic. You know, we come in on Monday morning or sometimes Jennifer sends me an email during the weekend 
We just did two sales from the website. So that's how we evolved. We evolved from all the work. And today, John, just so you know, 35 years later, I'm still getting royalty checks every 90 days from Nightingale Conan <laughs> for all the audio programs I did. I Psychology of real estate negotiating, how to go from selling residential to commercial, commercial real estate, how to buy, sell, and lease. You know, I did a bunch of programs for them. And every 90 days, I still get a little check for them because what they've done is they've They've converted all that stuff to some kind of podcast or something and put it up on Amazon and they make money off of it. And off of that, they send me a little check. So to <laughs> me, developing programs has been so enjoyable. Matter of fact, you might not know this, but I helped develop CI 100 and CI 106, CCI 100, 106. And if, you, if I look back on my many years in this business, working with Vic Line and Lee Arnold and Ralph Spencer and Jerry Anderson, developing these CCIM programs was one of the more meaningful things because they challenged you and you had to debate why your thoughts and your philosophies and materials should be in a CCIM class versus somebody else's or maybe some amalgamation of two philosophies. So developing programs, we have done, I've done Urban Land, I've done NAOP, I've done BOMA, I've done SIOR, I've done CCIM. I can't tell you how many different programs that we've developed, many of them not on video, that we developed for others, but we always thought the stuff that we developed that was our own stuff, we wanted to make sure we captured it on video. Well, you got, I went off on a tear, I went to places you didn't want me to go, but I wanted you to know kind of like the, the fuller story. Mike, that is fantastic because we love going in and just taking a deep dive and getting lost in the catalog. And we can pull up a random video on any type of sales training that is something that we often use in our sales meetings. And sometimes we might only use 10 minutes of the session or 15 minutes of the session. So it is fantastic content, and I certainly encourage our listeners to subscribe. Okay. Well, thrills us, and you just, and you and one more thing, you just recently purchased Systems for Success 10.0, right? Which has a hundred videos with a follow-along workbook, and we have topics in there that we have never had any of any of our earlier videos. So when you take a look at the new catalog, you're going to say, "Whoa, they do have a bunch of new stuff in there." Well, we look forward to getting into that. Mike, I love your top 25 commercial real estate brands survey that you conduct each year. And I think you've been doing this for almost 20 years. Share with us how that got started. 23 years now. Goodness. 23 years. 23 years. So when we, we did the first one uh, 23 years ago, we had to beg people to vote. You know, and I mean beg. I was really curious the perception that... Those in commercial real estate, investors and brokers and, and corporate real estate executives, who they really thought were the most well-known real estate names of commercial real estate. That's how it started. I was curious. It was sort of like, I'm intrigued to know, you know who, who deserves recognition. And so we sent out this ballot to several thousand people, and we got back. You know, I would have liked to have seen more the first year. And... If you, here's what's interesting. If you look back 23 years ago, there are names on there that are gone. Uh, Insignia sure. and Roger Staubach exactly. and, and Equity Office. And of course, the Equity Office, I guess, is still around with Blackstone. But, but a lot of them are just gone. They're just, they're just gone, right? 
And so it's curious and interesting for me to see the evolution of those who've been acquired and what happens to great brands that disappear and who still survives. And so that's the reason we did it. But today we send out the ballot (laughs) and the website blows up. I mean, there's times that you'll go to our website, especially in the first week, and there are hundreds of people on the website at the exact same time voting. voting. It is so rewarding to see the interest in the top 25. But it's also interesting to see the see the movement. And matter of fact, I've got the results as of, of February the 2nd. Excellent. So uh, what can you share with us? Well, I will share this with you. There's going to be some realignment of the top 25. And then there are going to be some that are on here that have never been on before. As I look at this, there's two, maybe three that are on here that haven't been on before. And so we always like to shake up, but you'll also see many in the top 10 that you're saying, well, there's no surprise there. You know, their brand has just been so resilient that they've been there year after year after year, but you're going to look at some and say, whoa. That's that's kind of that's kind of interesting the way they ended up there. So it's a lot of fun to do, and Jennifer and her team, along with BTS Brands, does the whole thing. It's done electronically now. In the first four or five years, you had to fax your ballot to us or email your ballot to us. <laughs> so I think we still have them in our warehouse. We have boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes that had to be manually counted. Oh my and after goodness! And after the said it was taking us days. We had to bring sure. in temps to count all the ballots. So today it's done all electronically. We know at any moment exactly what the voting is where. Well, I've already cast my ballot for this year, but it's something I've always enjoyed following. Well, Mike, as we close out our time together, please give our listeners your best piece of advice for them to not only have a productive 2023, but to also have a successful long-term career. Well, it is about enthusiasm. It, you know, it is mm-hmm. about, I don't want to overuse the word passion, but we're so fortunate that the, that the majority of, of those that we meet in this business really love what we do mm-hmm. and are really passionate about what we do. And what's cool about that is if you're really enthusiastic about commercial real estate, it transcends generations and age and all those things. And be in this business for the right reason, which is your passion about working with people and you love the concept of commercial real estate. Today in commercial real estate, there's so many different product types within commercial real estate, just within industrial. I agree. You know, there's, there's last mile and there's bulk and there's refrigerated and that's just within one product type. So it, it, to me, it's about the enthusiasm that you bring to what we do and, and the sharing of that enthusiasm with those who we work with which to me is, you know, probably what's one of the more important things that I think of. Love that. Well, Mike, I'm confident that some of our listeners could benefit from your in-person training and online catalog. What's the best way to contact you and your team? Just go to our website, which is Lipsyco, L-I-P-S-E-Y-C-O.com. And our phone number's there and our email's there and pick up the phone and call us. We're always available. And, uh, we love to travel and we love to come to your market. As a matter of fact, I'll be seeing you and your associates in a couple of weeks, which I look forward to. We so do contact as well. us. And, yeah. So, John, this has been fantastic. I want you to know that so often I, the, the, my role's reversed. 
<laughs> and so I, you know, I, you know, I looked at your questions that you were kind enough to send me in advance, and and so I'm really thrilled that you invited me to do this, and I think it's fantastic. So I appreciate the invite. Mike, you are so welcome. And again, I can't thank you again for the friendship and just what you really have done for our industry over the years. But I certainly would like to thank you again for joining us today on our Commercial Real Estate Matters podcast. My friend, I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks. And I certainly blessings to you and your family in this new year and safe travels, my friend. John, to you also. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to the Commercial Real Estate Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed learning about the latest trends and news in the industry. As always, we welcome your feedback and suggestions. Please consider following us on social media or subscribing to this podcast to stay up to date on all the latest news. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to hearing from you.